is beyond our beyond our comprehension, Lord, really, in all that you do, in all that you are. But Father, you're also a good God, one that will take care of us, that, that is faithful to us, that, that walks beside us, that we can say that you've been faithful through thick and thin. And Lord, so Father, that's the that's the mystery is how you can be both. Really how you can be either with them both as well. We're just thankful this morning that, that you care about us. You cared enough to create us and you cared enough to, to, uh, to walk with us. You cared enough to send your son, Jesus, to die on the cross that we could be saved and have eternal life, Father. So we're so thankful for that this morning, Lord. We just ask your blessing on this service, Father. I, I lift up Jeff to you as he comes and brings us the word, Lord. Help us to be open and hear from you, Father. To hear what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name. begin like I always do when I come up and just welcome you. I'm really glad that you're here and um, I am excited to share although I would say quite um, I guess nervous. I don't know I don't, I don't know and I don't know entirely why except the topic is a little different than things that I might normally um, teach or preach about and so um, and you see the title up there but before we get to that I want to just say a couple of things. First of all at Grace Community Church, we believe in the authority of Scripture, and we believe in the triune God. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that God sent His Son, Jesus, who lived on the earth, and He died on a cross, and He was resurrected and rescued us from our sin. Um, and so those things are important. And if you've been here, if you've spent any time with us, you have heard about Christ being the Savior, and we've heard that He rescues us from sin, and that He, um, yeah, that He did that. Today, I'm really not going to talk much about that, and so I just want to put that out there. But I also would say that Jay put those two songs together, and and Sarah was playing piano, and so we knew early in the week that he was putting two songs together or she did, I heard about it, but I never paid any attention to what the songs were or anything. And it fits exactly with the things that I want to say because it's about the greatness of God um, in the big picture, okay? And then, but I want folks to remember that he's also so good to us personally, but today I want to look a little bit at the big picture, okay? Um, and so I put up here, Understanding Israel, and I put um, the song, or uh, part of Psalm 33:11, saying, the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. So this has been a bit of a theme. If you recall, Kyle has been talking about God doesn't change. And so I today want, and by the way, in last week, Kyle talked about human sexuality and things related to that. He's the lead pastor, so we'll let him keep going on that, okay? And so <laughs> I, I, he's doing great with that, so we'll just leave that where it is. So um, after Easter, he'll come back to that topic, okay? Um, <clears throat> and so the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, and I put here the title, Understanding Israel. 
And I want to tell you that, um, oh no, first, here, I'm going to pray. Because I, as I said, this is a little, I told somebody, this is a little out of my element, a little different maybe than what I might normally preach about. Or, and so I just would like to pray. So if you guys would just um, pray with me. God, thank you for the opportunity for us to be together today. We thank you, Lord, for uh, bringing each of us here. I believe that every person who's here, you had in mind to be here. And every person who listens online, you have in mind for them to hear. And so, God, I just lift up this message. I lift up my words. I pray, God, that you would help me to be clear. I pray that you would help me to be discerning, that I would say only things that you have in mind, that I would be careful not to say things that just pop in Jeff's head, but, God, things that would be from you. And so I just ask, God, for your anointing and your help and your your spirit to be um, even helping as I present that you would help people receive from you today. And we just pray in Jesus' name, amen. And so um, I think it was about 2000, the year 2000 or 2001, um, my wife Sarah and I were in a home group. Uh, We were part of this church when we were first married. We were in a home group um, at Lauren and Dixie Widrick's house, which many of you may not even know who that is, but Lauren and Lynn's um, son and his wife. And so we were in a home group in their house that was led by a man named Rene Vallier, who also many of you might not know, but um, he said something where I kind of like t- tipped my head. I had been a believer for a couple, a few years, okay? And I had been reading my Bible, I had been learning, I had been growing about God, and he said something about nations who bless Israel will be blessed by God. And he was talking about modern Israel in the Middle East. He was talking about situations that are going on in the Middle East, and I kind of like looked at him and was like, huh? What? Like, I, re- I read my Bible, and I read all about Israel, and I have absolutely no idea at that point in my life, like, what any of that really was about, except that that was old stuff. And he was saying, that still goes on today. And I, and, and I didn't talk to him about it. I just was, I found it remarkable. And it was something that was kind of this, like, revelation with me that I didn't understand. And so today, and I know some folks out there are like, oh, yeah, Jeff, I know all kinds of stuff about this. Okay, good. And you should probably be up here instead of me, but I'm up here, okay? And so... Um, I'm going to give kind of a broad overview of what, uh, what's the deal with Israel is what I thought about naming this, okay? And so, the plan, remember, big picture God, the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. And so here's the rest of that passage. This is, Psalm 33 is one that just, I just absolutely am blessed by Psalm 33. When I look at the news and I wonder what's going on in the world, I look at Psalm 33, um, and this is only a portion of it, but... Let the earth fear the Lord. Let all the world revere him. At this point, the earth doesn't fear the Lord and all the, or all the world doesn't revere him. But listen to this. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations all generations, his plans last, okay? And so, um, here we go. This is a map of Europe and the Middle East. I put here, uh, sorry, you guys are seeing it. I put there a black arrow that points to Israel. 
You can't even see it on there, okay? Like you can see, and, and by the way, um, this uh, side note, okay, just for everyone who's been, because lots of people have been asking, my wife's parents are, wow, holy cow. Um, I'm right, somewhere right in there in Ukraine, okay? So, way, so I, this again, side note, because people say, where are they? Are they safe? They are almost in um, Slovakia, Hungary, right in that little corner over there, okay? And so, and then down here, this has nothing to do with Ukraine, but that's Israel, okay? And so, I just want you to see, here's the thing that I find sometimes interesting. It's this tiny little country, tiny, so small you can't even see it in the midst of all those other ones. And yet, this news, these news sources that I personally look at, I look at World Magazine online, and they have a drop-down button for Israel. So you want to read about things going on in Israel? World Magazine has a, <clears throat> excuse me, little drop-down button where you can click and you can see some things that are going on in Israel, some news that they present. I also use an app on my phone from CBN, Christian Broadcasters Network. They have a tab on theirs for Israel. They don't have one for um, Libya, okay? And they don't have one for Saudi Arabia, but they have a button for Israel, okay? And I think that's important to consider even though it's this tiny little nation that is, um, Kyle said it to me the other day when we were together, about the size of New Jersey, okay? Tiny, and yet is important, okay? You may have heard in the news recently, the leaders of Israel interact with the leaders of Russia and Ukraine, and they're involved in that discussion for some reason, okay? This tiny little nation, okay? is involved in that, okay? And so, um, I wanna show you the next slide. I zoomed in on it, so this is the exact same map, but just um, zoomed in, and here is Israel, this, this place, okay? And um, just so, this is the idea here, so that you can kind of have an idea about what we're talking about, because I know me personally, I'm not a geography guy, I'm not a history guy, and so um, it's important, I think, that we can picture this picture a small little nation. This map, I believe, was made in 1998, so it's relatively modern, okay? And, um, and so, oh, wow, look at that. I didn't look at my notes, but I, t I talked about all the things that were on there. That's, that's how it's supposed to go, okay? Um, and so then the next uh, slide. That's really hard for me to see. Genesis 12, here's where, here's where kind of the story of Israel begins. The, God had created the earth. Um, he became disappointed with the way people acted. He flooded the earth, wiped out everyone except for Noah and his family. And about seven or eight generations after Noah, we meet Abra, a guy named Abram. His name later is changed to Abraham, okay? Abram has a heart for God. We find out in the New Testament, he was, it was credited to him as righteousness because he obeyed God. So Abraham, or Abram, I'm gonna say Abraham, even though it says up there, Abram, okay? There's a point in the story where God says, I'm gonna change your name to Abraham, which means father of many, okay? And so, Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. The land that I will show you, okay? I will make you into a great nation. 
and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Okay? This is God really called, this is the first interaction we hear between God and Abram, Abraham. Okay? And so he's saying, leave your father's house, go to this land where I'm going to show you. Okay? And so, um, what I want to point out, oh, I put up another map. This is a, this is a map that's kind of overlays modern um, Middle East with ancient Middle East. Okay, and over here, whoops, wrong button. Oh no, a preview, you guys aren't supposed to see that part. Um, sorry, wow. It's the, oh wow. Here's Ur. Okay, so we find out Abram's family actually is from Ur of the Chaldeans. That's over here. Abram and his wife and his nephew and his father moved from there to a place called Haran, which is actually up here, okay? And they settled in Haran for a while, okay? And that, I believe, is where they were when God said to Abraham, leave your father's house. His father actually died up here in Haran. I want to thank Peter Southcott for a walk through the Bible, which was helpful for me in some of this. Okay, and so Haran is there when God says, leave your father's household and go to a land I will show you. God takes him over to, this is a little hard to see with some words. I can't believe how shaky my hand is. Sorry. Right here, no, right down here, God um, brings him there. And Abram builds an altar. Okay, and so understand right over next to the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, this is modern. You can see modern-day Jordan, Syria, Israel here, Saudi Arabia. And so, anyway, God brings him to that spot. And so I had read previously verses 1 through 3, and it says, Leave your father's household. Verse 4, I just put part of it. So he left. God said, Leave your house. And so he did. And I didn't put all of verse 4, but then 6 and 7. Abram traveled throughout, throughout the land as far as, I, sorry, I'm going to have to turn. I, I don't know how Kyle does that. Um, Abram, Abram traveled as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At the time of the Canaanites, the Canaanites were living in the land and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord um, who, who had appeared to him. So God takes him to this place where I just pointed to on the map, and he says, I'm going to give your descendants this land. Okay? Um, and that is from chapter 12. Um, at, this point, I don't th at this point in chapter 12, Abram doesn't even have any children. Okay? And so... It's, uh, guys, thank you for turning the, the, people are trying to help me by making that. It's because the words, I think, are a little too light. I think they're gray against black, but, and also because I'm getting older and I can't see that well. Okay, Kyle's wearing contacts and I, I got none of that. Um, I have some cheaters that I wear when I'm reading, but I haven't, I haven't gotten over the fact that I, I don't want to wear those in front of people yet. <laughs> okay, and so anyway, Sorry. <clears throat> so, everyone who... Um, so here's the thing that I want you to hear from this, okay? To your offspring I will give this land, 
And at this point, he doesn't have any offspring, okay? Again, the land is right out in this area here, okay? And now, um, the Lord appeared to Abram after he had departed from Lot. So now we're in chapter 13. Lot and Abram's um, estates, let's say, have grown and they've become powerful and their people actually start fighting a little bit because they have so much stuff. I'll say livestock, and they just can't get along, and so they, they part ways. God said to Lot, or said, Abraham said to Lot, he said, you pick, where do you want to go? If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go north, I'll go south. You get to decide. And so Lot looks, and he's like, hmm, this looks nice, and he picks. He gets first choice, but God still has this particular place picked out for Abram, Okay. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west, and the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. Okay? I will give this land to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the land for I'm giving it to you. I want to stress once again, forever. That includes today, okay? Genesis 15, 18 through 19. To your descendants, I will give this land from the, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. So he's kind of defining the boundaries there a bit, okay? And then Genesis 17, 8, down at the bottom. The whole land of Canaan, <clears throat> where you are now an alien, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God, okay? And so God makes this promise to Abraham, okay? And um, oh, and so he says, in, in some of these promises, I just want you to hear a couple of things. In the, at the top there, it says, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. The first way all people on the earth are blessed through Abraham that I, would, that I think is worth pointing out is through Jesus Christ, okay? Abraham's, this, Jesus was a descendant of Abraham, okay? Jesus was a Jew, which are the name of the people who are descendants of Abraham. Um, he was in the line of David. He was born into the household of Jacob. And I put a reference up there that's from Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 1. I won't read all that, okay? But then the next thing about Jesus he was the Messiah that the Jews were looking for, were, I put were and are looking for. Some Jews have not believed in Jesus, okay? But I'll tell you, folks, Jews believe in the same God that we believe in, the God from the Old Testament, okay? And so I want you to understand that we are related, okay? We believe in the same God. He's Jehovah, Yahweh, from the Old Testament. He's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They didn't receive the Son. They, have, they rejected him, okay? And so, I, at this point, I'm not telling you anything new, but I want you to know that when God said to Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you, that first place for that blessing, I believe, is from Jesus, okay? And so, and then I put just cited my, my, the points that I was making there from John chapter 1. Um, he's Messiah. John 1, 1 through 2. 
And, and I could have picked a number of verses, but I picked these ones, okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word is capitalized. That means Jesus. Jesus is called the Word, okay? The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning, okay? Um, and then the next thing I have up there, he came to rescue people. Um, from their sin, but they didn't recognize him. That's John 1, or verse 10. He was in the world. Okay, again, Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And you might say, well, Jeff, we recognize him. Okay, we do. And that's why we're here today, to worship Jesus, okay, and the plan of God that's carried out through Jesus. The Jews did not recognize him. They crucified him, okay? They thought he was a blasphemer and they were not the guy he was expecting, okay? There are Jews in the world today who still think Jesus was a blasphemer and he should have been put to death, okay? There are Jews in the world today who believe Jesus is the Messiah of Israel. That is the one who was promised who would come to save Israel, okay? Those are called Messianic Jews. And it's an exciting thing when you see Jews begin to believe in Jesus because they understand the Old Testament and they recognize Jesus was the fulfillment of so many Old Testament prophecies, okay? And so uh, the next thing, um, he invites Gentiles, that's us, non-Jews, into his family. And so we are allowed into the family of God because of what Jesus did, okay? And so, and there's, the truth is probably the best reference for that is a story where Peter is visited by God in a dream, and Peter, Peter basically, God says to Peter, don't call something unclean that I have made, and he's referencing Gentiles, because Peter was like, no, I'm Jewish, I'm not going to go to a Gentile's house. That was the custom. But God, in this dream, had presented to Peter, I made the Gentiles, and I have come to save them also, okay? And so we can celebrate that, because I don't think any of us here are of Jewish descent, okay? I don't know that the Gleasons are children of Abraham, okay? But the Gleasons, this Gleason, was adopted into Abraham's family, okay? Which, and so anyway... All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. This is God's promise to Abraham, and he did that through Jesus. He also does this through some other ways. Check, oh, I wish I wouldn't have made that so small. Um, Jewish people make up less than a quarter of a percent of the population of the earth. So it says they're 0.2. I believe that the number is actually 0.19%. So not even a quarter of a percent of the population of the earth are Jewish. And that is, um, okay, and so, but, listen, they're 22% of all Nobel Prize winners. God blesses those who bless um, his people, okay? God blesses his people. He made these promises to Abraham, and even though they're this tiny percentage of the entire population of the earth, almost a quarter of all Nobel Prizes have gone to people who are of Jewish descent, why? Because they are blessed by God. Okay? Then the next thing down at the bottom, or sorry, 
towards the bottom, third point on there, significant contributions to mankind from Jewish people. Lasers, they invented lasers. You might go, okay, so that, that allows me to be able to point at the screen, okay? It allows the barcode reader at the store to scan all of your items. It allows a DVD player to play a DVD, and it allows, I am assuming, laser eye surgery and all kinds of other laser surgery. So understand, all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Jewish people have invented things that have affected so much, okay? God has blessed these people. I put here, they made the pacemaker, the defibrillator, they came up with genetic engineering, um, cholera, bubonic plague, and polio vaccines. They made uh, stainless steel. The people who developed Google were Jewish, okay, or are. I guess they might still be alive, okay? And so understand, this people has been blessed by God. He has allowed them to do things because they are descendants of Abraham, Okay, everyone got that? Okay, it's exciting. This is our root. This is actually where we come from. And so, and then also, I put last thing, also as significance, they have lasted, okay? Because you don't hear about the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Perizzites, Perizzites, Perizzites. okay, you don't hear about some of these Old Testament people groups, okay? But the Jews still are around. They still exist. They, there has been attempts to wipe them off the earth so many times, and yet they still exist, and they thrive, okay? Um, and it's incredible when you really think about why does that happen, okay? It is absolutely incredible. Okay, now, um, oh, I put on my notes, the, the Hittites aren't around, okay? The Philistines are not, are not around. I'm sure there are descendants of them, but they're not a group that still shares a similar culture and things like the Jewish people, okay? And so, um, um, let's see, next thing. So, I'm really sorry about turning my back, but I just, ha I have to do it. Um, my, ooh, I, I won't turn that far. Um, Micah 5, 7 through 9. So God's people are going to last, and this has been prophesied. The remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of many peoples like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass which do not wait for man or linger for mankind. The remnant of Jacob will be among the nations in the midst of many peoples. There's prophecies about how they will be scattered. Okay, They will be among the nations in the midst of many peoples like a lion among the beasts of the forest what is a lion like among the beasts of the forest it's there let's just say it's there and it's present and it's powerful in the midst of a whole bunch of other um, beasts of the forest and then it says like a young lion among flocks of sheep a young lion among flocks of sheep is actually quite dangerous for the sheep, okay? But again, understand, powerful, um, which mauls and mangles as it goes and no one can rescue. Your hand will be lifted up in triumph over your enemies. This is, again, to the Jews. Your hand will be lifted up in triumph over your enemies and your foes will be destroyed. Um, here's the population, Jewish population of people on the earth, okay? In blue, the U.S., in Alaska have above 5 million Jewish people in the US, okay? 
And so at this point, we, have, we are second only to Israel, which is so small on there that you can't see it, but it is also blue, okay? And so you see from down here at the bottom, above five million is blue. So the U.S. is second um, only to Israel, okay? And so I'm pointing this out basically just so that you can see that they have been scattered. They're all over. You, if you look, at the, like, here's Russia. Lots of Jews there, above 200, or 250,000, okay? Um, and so they're all over the place at this point, okay? Um, I think it's worth pointing out that they actually aren't very many right here and right here and right here because these people, I think, have moved from there to Israel, okay? And so um, that's that. Next thing, another... Um, another verse, um, Jeremiah 31. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind, the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They call this aliyah, which is them returning to their land. Okay, a great, a great, th where was I? Um, they will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. A couple of things I want to say about that. First of all, when they are returning, there will be people who, ladies who are pregnant. It says expectant. Um, there will be some who are in labor on the way. Okay, there will be. So the point in that I will say there will be challenges with this travel plans. Okay, but God says there, um, uh, I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble. He's saying, I recognize there will be challenges, but I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to provide smooth travel in the midst of challenges. Okay? And so, the title there, Jews have been scattered, but God's plan stands firm. His intention is to bring people back to this land that he promised Israel. And then from Isaiah, I wrote here, when all hope seems lost, I, in Isaiah, it says, Can plunder be taken from warriors or captive, rescued from the fierce? But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh. They will be drunk on their own blood as with wine. And all mankind will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. If you, Jacob's name was changed to Israel, okay, just to be clear. Um, things I want to point out from that. First of all, can captives be taken from warriors? This is basically saying an uh, army or a person who is weak is actually going to take up someone who's stronger than them and take them as captives, okay? Israel is a small little nation, with a strong army because it has God working on its behalf, okay? And then I'll say, um, and plunder, retrieve from the fierce, basically they're gonna take from people who are against them and who are strong against them, okay? 
And then God said, this is God, this is a quote um, from the prophet Isaiah, and I believe God's speaking um, through Isaiah. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children. I will save, I'll make your oppressors eat your own food. Basically, God's saying, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight against the people who are against you, okay? Um, And that sounds very much like I put here, sounds like what he said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you, okay? And those promises that he made to Abraham still are true, okay? Now, in modern Israel, I really am sorry that I, I actually, none of this stuff that I put here is actually in my notes. There are comments about each of those slides, but um, <clears throat> modern Israel, first of all, became recognized as a nation in 1948. That process, I believe, was beginning in 1947, okay? History people, I hope I don't mess anything up. I, this was, I told you at the beginning, a little outside of me because I, as a high school student, I did not care about this, okay? As a young adult, I did not care about this. You could tell me all kinds of things about it. It just didn't matter, okay? But I'm learning it really actually does matter, okay? In 1967, there was a thing called the Six-Day War. Some people in here might remember this, okay? Kyle was telling me, as him and I were talking, he was born while it was going on, which is kind of cool, okay? But... The Six-Day War, I put here a quote that was from the History Channel because I felt like the History Channel didn't really do God much justice, okay? But it says up here, in what started as a surprise attack, Israel in 1967 defeated Egypt, Jordan, and Syria in six days. After this brief war, Israel took control of the Gaza Strip, Sinai Peninsula, the West Bank, and the Golan Heights. These areas were considered occupied by Israel. The reason why I point this out, simply, I did a little bit of reading about this and found out that Israel was being surrounded. It says they're a surprise attack. They were saying, we're about to be attacked. We're going to attack first, okay? And, And it says here, Egypt, Jordan, and Syria, three nations who kind of surround them, and they beat them in six days. Not just win, okay? Not just hold them off beat them in six days and their territory is actually enlarged okay this this shouldn't happen because this nation is too small okay and they shouldn't and it just practically shouldn't happen but the truth is if you go back to your old testament and you look at let's say gideon how many people did he take with him in this battle narrowed it down to 300 okay and then they won why because God was on their side, okay? Because, like I said at the beginning, the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, okay? Next thing that I have up here, um, a quote from, I, so besides those two news sources, I started getting this magazine called The Friends of Israel, which is um, produced or put out by people who are, again, Christians, who, who um, I think many have Jewish ancestry, Okay? This one, this one man who passed away in 2014, they still, he wrote for the Friends of Israel for 55 years for this magazine. He died, and they still put his stuff in here. In this particular article that I'm about to read a quote to you, he, he basically, as a Jewish believer, lived in Israel, represented Jesus to the people around him, that is people who are Arab or Muslim, and that is also people who are Orthodox Jews who don't believe in Jesus and don't want to hear anything about the New Testament, okay? 
He said, one day I was talking to some of my Arab neighbors. How can you possibly be victorious over such a mighty nation like us, one asked, okay? So an Arab neighbor says, how do you guys think you could be um, victorious over us? And he said, when I was in the army of Israel in 1948, there were only half a million people here. Most were like me, ravaged from the Holocaust, and you came against us. 250 million people from eight Arab countries. You, you were like the locusts in Egypt against this little worm Israel. And what did you do? Did you defeat us? He says to these guys, no, you were defeated. Okay, this is not a made-up story that I'm telling you. This is still a quote from this gentleman. I'm telling you what I've seen with my own eyes. After four more wars, he's still talking to these, to these people. What do you think? We are still here. We are fight. Are we fight? Excuse me. Were we fighting all these wars alone? No. As the Lord said in Isaiah 49, I will contend with him who contends with you. Okay? And so the point that I'm trying to make here is that God has been working on behalf of Israel even though the numbers don't add up, okay? And it's actually is exciting because it's like, what? God is doing more than just like helping me with my own personal needs in my life. This is like what Jay was saying. God is great in the big picture. He's also good to us personally, but this big picture is the thing that I want to... Um, stress today. I just put here quick because I found it interesting. June 2017, the U.S. Senate unanimously votes to acknowledge Jerusalem as Israel's capital. This had not been the case. A lot of people, some people blame um, President Trump for that. Okay, but I did read, and I, and by the way, I don't know, you guys can't see these, but I actually gave sources for this because I think that's important. Um, the U.S. Senate, this is from the presidential documents. That's pretty impressive, like a PDF file, right, from, signed by the president. Um, they unanimous, unanimously vote to acknowledge Israel as the, um, it's not Israel, sorry, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and then move the U.S. embassy there, okay? That was a big deal because recognizing Jerusalem, the city of God, God has God has blessed also Jerusalem, okay? And the world has tried to ignore it and tried to fight over it, okay? And so, um, and then September 2020, actually I think it was August 2020, the Abraham Accords. I just find this one interesting because of the name, okay? The Abraham Accords are a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, which is another tiny little nation in the Middle East, but the United Arab, United Arab Emirates, that is people who are against Israel usually, have agreed to some amount of peace. Okay, this country has actually never recognized Israel as they have been opposed to them. In 2020, it says September there, I'm almost positive that it was August, but anyway, they have agreed to peaceful relations with them, okay? And then there's some other countries who have come on board with that. It's an interesting thing to consider because peace in Israel, actually, when it actually comes and everyone has peace with Israel, that treaty is actually um, from 
prophesied in Daniel as being the beginning of the end. Okay, so could this be it? Am I saying that this is the, the Abraham Accords are the beginning of the end times? I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's worth looking at. Okay, and the other thing that I just again find it interesting because this is this is not just like American politics. The Abraham Accords recognize Abraham as the father of all of this. Okay, and so then in May 2021, this one I also find interesting. You may remember this from the news just less than a year ago. This one article I was reading, this gentleman was talking about this, and I didn't read tons about this, but he said up to 170 rockets per hour were being indiscriminately just launched against Israel. And Israel has a defense system that's called the Iron Dome, which basically somehow, <laughs> somehow protects them from rockets. And they didn't, some of them got through. So it wasn't like everyone was safe at this point. 170 rockets per hour is a pretty strong attack. And yet most of it was blocked, okay? And that was just less than a year ago. And so um, I just want you to know that this stuff is real and this goes on today and God is still working in this situation, okay? And then I put, that, speak, so I said earlier, they will return to their land. It says here um, at the bot, towards the bottom, 74.2% of Israel's population is Jewish, okay? So most of Israel is Jewish, not all of Israel, okay? So does that mean that their leader is a believer in God? I actually don't think that that says that. I, don't, I can't say that that's true. Because if you read the Old Testament kings of Israel, most of them were pretty terrible, okay? But God still was at work even though the kings maybe um, were against God, okay? Since 1948, Jews have been returning to their land, which I mentioned earlier is called Aliyah. They're mostly gone from Iran. And I love when people, and I don't read about this a ton, but I'm going to start reading about it more because it is it's so important. But from Iran, which used to be called Elam, Ethiopia, which used to be called Cush. So if you read your Old Testament and you read about Cush, that's Ethiopia. If you read about Babylonia, that's, I guess, where Iraq is, okay? And so, and so most people have left those countries to return to Israel, okay? And so um, the key here is that what I'm hoping for is people to be educated and understand about this, okay? My education and the depth that I have in this is very shallow, but I want you to know that it is important that we understand this, okay? Because the stuff in the Old Testament, the God we see working in the Old Testament is still alive and still at work in the world, okay? And so, um, a couple of things. It says here, what should we do? This is the part where I was kind of so Jeff, you present all this to us, and so how does this affect us? What do we do with this 2022? What are we supposed to do with this? We're in America, we're not anywhere near Israel. What do we do? And so, first of all, maybe you could memorize that part of Psalm 25:22 and say this, redeem Israel, O God, from all their troubles. <laughs> Sorry, it looks so big up there, but um, redeem Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Make, make that your prayer. Okay, and then in Psalm 122, it's similar. I'm going to go there. Um, 
Psalm 122, uh, verses 6, 7, and 8. It says here, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Okay, and so I want to ask the church to be praying, God, would you accomplish your purpose in Israel? Would you continue protecting your people? Okay, now as Christians, we go, so what? What is the, what's our connection here with this? We are connected because we're allowed into this family. Okay, allowed in, okay? Um, and I would encourage, I put up there Romans 9, 10, and 11. I'm not going to read all that, but the Apostle Paul talks a little bit of, or talks quite a bit about relationship, or in, in chapter 10, so let's go to, I'm going to look quick at Romans 10, 1. Paul says, I put, I put up there, sorry, Romans 9, 10, and 11 as encouragement is something that you might read through the lens of God, what are you doing in Israel? What is our connection? What is the relationship between Jesus and then the nation of Israel? Okay. In Romans 10 verse 1, and Paul, by the way, was Jewish. Okay. And he was, um, he says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Okay. And so I would encourage you to join Paul in praying that Jewish people could recognize Christ as Messiah, okay? And then I was, I was very much struck by over in chapter 11, and I'm going to read a bit of a passage to you, and I'll try to share my thoughts. Um, chapter 11, verses, verse 17. Um, so first thing that I want to say, I just want to point out that He's comparing Christians and Jewish people as an olive tree, and Christians are a branch on that olive tree, okay? So the tree is existing. The tree's roots are established. The tree is healthy. Christians are allowed to become part of that, okay? How does that work? People who know horticulture know that you can take a plant and you can graft a branch from one variety of apple tree to another variety of apple tree. And that's what this is talking about, okay? And it says in verse 17, if some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild shoot, so listen, you, believers in Jesus, you are that wild shoot, okay? You have been grafted in among the others and now you share in the nourishing sap from the olive root. So this is what we are allowed into. Do not boast over those branches. Don't say, oh, we're better than the Jews, okay? Because if you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you, okay? And so Christians are not better than Jewish people, okay? You will say then branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Yeah, so God, some branches were broken off so that I could become part of this, okay? That's true, Paul, or the, Roman, the writer of Romans says granted, that, so that is true. But they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but be afraid. 
For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. So I'm challenging you, don't become arrogant in your position with God, but be respectful before God, okay? Because he, if he is willing to let people who are descendants of Abraham be broken off and disconnected, he also, I think, is willing to do that uh, with those people whose hearts aren't fully towards him, okay? And then consider, this is verse 22, consider therefore the kindness and the sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you, will also, you also will be cut off, and if they do not, per, excuse me, and if they, meaning again Jews, do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. He can take these original branches and reconnect them, okay? And that's what we'd be asking for when we're asking God, God, please let Jewish people come to know Christ, okay? And after all, the, after all you were cut off, or excuse me, verse 24, after all, you were cut off of an olive tree that is wild by nature. And contrary to nature, you were grafted into a cultivated olive tree. How much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So it's really saying God wants to bring them back to him. Okay, He has not given up on the Jewish people. Okay, And so, now, this is all on the slide. What do we do? Okay, Here's what I think we should do. Guard yourself. I put guard against being overly busy, okay? Because I think that last time I spoke from up here, I talked about this concept of navel-gazing, just being completely focused on our own situation. I want to challenge people to be guarded against that because it's just, it's actually, I think, a tool of Satan that distracts us from the things God is really trying to do in the world. And when you think about, if you, if you are tired, I would ask you, why are you tired? What are you tired from? And I have to say this to myself, Jeff, why are you so busy all the time? Why are you so tired? What, and so I want to encourage people to evaluate why are you tired? And if you're tired because of things that you're doing that are benefiting the kingdom of God, then keep on going and he's going to strengthen you. If you're tired from things that are not benefiting the kingdom of God but are benefiting your own personal kingdom, I want to challenge you to turn and look at why you do those things and realize what the root of that is, okay? And so my challenge was guard against being overly busy, okay? It's an American problem, okay? The next thing I put, don't be arrogant in the grace that you have received. So don't, we, I think sometimes in Western Christianity, we come at God so casually, and I personally, just like I'm guilty of being busy, I'm guilty of coming, at, coming to God too casually, like, oh yeah, God's grace and he just receives, receives me. He's willing to break off these branches who are his original plan, his root or connected, okay? And so God, that I would not be casual with you, okay? And then I wanna challenge you to pray for revival and awakening, okay? I actually have thought for a while, I try not to like, you know what, I, I think the church often needs to really wake up, okay? I think we're very sleepy. We're very much into our little American routine, okay? We just come on Sundays and maybe some other nights or whatever and we just do our thing 
and then we look otherwise look just like everybody else and so I want to challenge you pray for revival and I'm gonna ask you to revive say God would you please revive my heart would you please awaken what's going on in me would you make your word come alive when I look at it that I wouldn't fall asleep when I'm reading it that I would come alive when I read it because it's alive okay and then the next thing I want you to I want to challenge you to pray for revival in your house Okay, as a, if you're a parent, you are the leader of your house, and I want you to ask God to be over your house and be affecting the people inside your house. Okay, and then I want to challenge you to pray for an awakening within the church and in this community. And then, I could start small and then go big. I want to challenge you to pray for an awakening in our nation that people would recognize God. Because the truth is, is one of these quotes, and I won't try to go back to it because I'd have to turn my back on you. There's at least one of them, maybe more, that said, for my name, God wants to do these things that he will receive glory. Okay? How many, so folks, our intention should be that God would be made known because of our life. Wherever you go tomorrow, is God being made known through your life? Okay? And that's what, I want, that's what I want you to be focused on. Tomorrow when you wake up and go, God, i got to get out the door. I woke up late or whatever. God, would you please be glorified in my life today? Could people see you in me in this place where you have set me? He has placed you where you're going tomorrow. Not for your benefit, but so that he will be made known. Okay? And you might get paid from that. That doesn't matter, okay? That's different. That, who cares about that, okay? Sometimes we focus so much on that. But I, I want to challenge you to, God, that you would be made known through my life and the places that I interact. When I interact with people, could they please see you, okay? And I don't do well at that. I'll be very honest with you. If you think that's what I wake up praying, it's not. I wake up sometimes kind of grumpy, and I'm, you know irritated because the dog got so dirty last night <laughs> okay she was an absolute mess and I was very impatient okay but anyway the point is is that God be glorified okay whatever I face that I would express patience that I would express wisdom that people would see Christ in me okay and so a little history lesson today and a little challenge um, and I want to just encourage you folks just to be praying that God would be working in our world. As you look at what's going on across the world, I want to encourage you to go, God, what are you doing? What's going on here? Would you accomplish your will? Remember how Jesus taught us how to pray? May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So many people grew up reciting that. Say that, God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, everyone is glorifying God all the time. Okay, could that be his will? Okay, and so um, I'd like to invite the worship team to come up and I'm going to close with a prayer. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, thank you for opportunity to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of your salvation. Thank you, Lord, for your plan that is being carried out in the world. God, help us to do our part in our part of the world. Help us to do our part in our day. Help us to be people who glorify you. I pray, God, for a Jewish people that there would be a turning towards you, 
that they would that there would be like an Emmaus road situation where people are walking along and they just really don't know what's going on and then something happens and they go oh and they see Christ at work in the in the Old Testament and in, in what he's done and that they would realize that he is the Messiah and that there would be a turning towards him I pray God for an ongoing protection on on your people your people who are believers in Jesus and your people who are descendants of Abraham I pray God for you to just have your way. I don't I don't always have the words, but God I just ask you please would you please have your way in the world? Would you make yourself known? Would you please be glorified? Would you demonstrate your power in a world that is callous towards you? I pray for this church that you would help us as we go out, help us to affect our community in your name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's stand. <clears throat> Let's stand. Ooh,